in my mind in my mind I'm living in a story in my mind in a dream in my mind living in a story dream in my mind living in someone else's dream in my mind someone wrote a story in my mind and put me in a role in their mind they wrote a story in their mind and put me in their mind now they're in my mind I'm in a role from their mind they put me in a story in their mind do I mind yes I do mind it's my mind why don't you be a story in my mind no steal the jewels. We are stealing the jewels. I mean, directly from the jewel place. That sort of cuts out the middle kangaroo. You idiot. If we steal the jewels, they'll think that we stole the jewels. If a kangaroo steals the jewels, then a kangaroo has stolen the jewels. All right, let's just do it. I don't need to know why. Happy holidays from our family to yours. We never got to the WFMU. Chef Chimes, everybody. Chef Chimes, Chef Chimes. Are you ready to blast off? Get ready. Ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Blast off. Have a good trip, gentlemen. Did anybody think? Sure did, Henry Clay.
that, of course, is from my unproduced pantomime about how a 10-year-old Edgar Allan Poe tricks Henry Clay and the great Belzoni into going to the moon. He tells Henry Clay, you can start a whole political system. And he says to the great Belzoni, you can engineer great things there. And they go up to the moon, but there's no way back. He just rocket blasts them from Europe to the moon. And I did a lot of research. They could all have existed at the same time, and they were all in the same place at one time. So I think there's a good chance it, it could have happened. And also, I think at one point I had like Queen Victoria stowing away. I think on the they go, what are you doing here? But I wrote that out because it wasn't necessary to the plot. But I never also, I never finished it. And that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you finish things because you will never finish things. I hate to tell you, there's a no end to your story. Well, there is, but you won't see it. So that's just for others to experience. Oh, my goodness. You can never see your completed headstone. Well, you could. I'm, you know what I mean. You'll never be able to. Well, you say, well, maybe my ghost will. I don't know. Now I'm getting into your religious beliefs. Perhaps you will. Oh, bless you. I envy you. I wish that I could come back as a family circus ancestor ghost sitting upon a cloud playing. And I don't know if it's what they call the kind of harp that just goes in your lap. That's the Irish beer logo harp, but it isn't the kind of concert harp that you see Harpo playing that has a resonator that looks like you could keep a, a small human in it or a monkey could be living in there. It's part of a magic trick. Where'd it go? It's in the harp. There's plenty of room. You don't realize that. It's like a piano on end. But these kind are the kind that angels play. I don't even know where that idea came from. Someone died, went to heaven, saw something vaguely out of the corner of their eye, and it could have been Spock playing his traditional instrument or something. But they go, oh, angels play harps, little tiny ones. We don't have those around here. They're, they're all they're like the Irish. So I don't know who it happened to. I don't know why they wouldn't be playing something else. I think that if you're, it depends who you are. So if you're Gilligan and you die, they'll be playing bassoon anything anybody who's ever been in a 70s sitcom heaven is be like that for him little uh, bongos instead of harps it depends on your taste your heaven is usually designed for you just like hell you think of oh hell's always bespoke hell is bespoke it's always custom designed you can't just it's no off the rack kind of thing Heaven, I think there might be. It, that seems more off the rack. Because you walk in, here's your white robe. <laughs> really, you're kidding, right? I don't, white robe? Like, how am I going to keep that clean? Well, it's heaven. There's nothing to spill on it. Well, that's not my heaven. My heaven would have things that spill on you all the time. It'd be great. Get stuff on you. I like that about being alive and on earth. You get it all over you. You're soaking in it. Just like Madge, the weird manicurist used to be gosh i keep saying that it must have really stuck with me i wish that i could jettison the stories of others that have made me an unwitting participant i came into this world and it seemed that there had been people telling stories and making up their their version of what was going on and they already had a role for me and you're, oh i'm interested to see what that is you'll never like it or sometimes you will, sometimes you won't. You go, oh, I get to be the prince. You go, oh, I'm the bobber. <laughs> Lucky me. And, you know, so it, uh, you, you, you go, well, is there someone else's story in my head? And then it never feels right because you're just walking through a role that you didn't, you didn't pick. And most of us are doing that. But it is this big, don't pretend it wasn't written before you got here. You just can't make it up whole cloth. Well, I've made up my own religion. Show it to me. Look, and you go, I see. You know what I see? I see lots of stuff. Put the, I see a collage. Uh, and maybe it is something original, but listen, you know. You cut the, I love this. Is this a painting? No, it's a collage. I can see that because you cut a photograph out of a magazine. And I am going to treat it different than if you just, if that's an oil painting. Oh, all right. Well, that's, 
that's you're wrong. No, you're wrong. No, you're wrong. I love it. I debate myself all the time. And I win lose. I love it. And that's how I treat others. I think if I get into an argument with somebody, we're going to win lose. It's always that situation for me. Is it ever win win? It is. It is win win lose lose sometimes. I'll give you that. I love to be with you and sharing things. I'm going to share things today just like they, I know it's not, it might not be the holidays yet. You try to make, they always try to, they say, make a show evergreen. What's that mean? That means it's, extend this metaphor, it's going to be, you'll see why it's probably not a good word. But so you won't be able to tell what time the show is made. So you can do it as a rerun. So like, let's say Hardy dies. Well, that will happen. And then they might have to play a show. Just grab anyone. They're evergreen. And you won't know what time of the year. Now, what, by having that, that's a media thing that they've been doing a long time. And it has robbed civilization of an amazing thing. And that is the I Love Lucy Christmas show, which never aired. Because once I Love Lucy went into syndication, they pulled that Christmas show. And... Um, what you're deprived of is seeing the first Christmas clip show. So the parts that are live have no audience, which is a ver- which is a first for I Love Lucy. So it's just the four of them, all four actors who I think hated one another. I don't know, in this room going, uh, you know, remember when Fred pretended to be Santa Claus? Yeah, I remember like it was yesterday. And then they flash back, and that's the Christmas. Uh, the um, I Love Lucy Christmas show, but they pulled it because in syndication they wanted to be able to just play stuff any time of year. And they thought that it would be damaging to the psyche of the uh, international public, really, if they were to see a Christmas-themed show and say, oh, I'm just going to pick a month that isn't Christmas, July. They go, what is this? You mean that I'm not seeing this happen in real time? No, it's all recorded. Now you know. Is this a pre-recorded show? Yes, it's look, it's from Christmas. Clearly they didn't make it specially for you. That's what I don't get. See, that's a so it's a really outdated thing because people aren't gonna people know it wasn't really made right then. You know, it's very strange. Uh Doctor Who, when did they make that? They made them all years ago. And they won't make another one in for 10 years or something. I don't know what schedule that show's on. I always think, I think in the old days, though, they used to try to crank them out. Just shows in general. So you'd think, oh, you know, I love Lucy. She's got, you know, Bill Holden on. And Bill Holden just did that thing in the news. I love William Holden. Boy, I watch him in anything. Still, he's long gone. And, uh. At the end of his life, he was falling into stuff, and then he became a, people ridiculed him. And that, that's something. That's in my head, too. Thank you for putting all that in there. Oh, the museum of the past. They saw a fresh baby head, and they thought, oh, the things we can put in that fresh baby head. We're running out of room. Everybody who's born is like a storage unit for collective human uh, knowledge and everything. It's like, oh, we got too much stuff to fit. Oh, a new storage unit. And they take all the detritus and all the junk and everything, and they don't want to deal with it, and they shove it in the nice, new, uh, pristine, empty, air-conditioned, often climate-controlled, let's put it that way, space of uh, a baby's head, which is just like a storage unit. They go in there, put it in there. And if you don't pay your rent, they double-lock you. They put the lock of shame on your storage rental unit. And everybody says, they got, that person didn't pay. And now they have no access to the things in there that they put in there because they don't want to ever see them again. So that's win, win, lose, lose. Really for them, they lose a lot of money and access to these things, but they didn't want to see them to begin with. Sometimes in our lives, don't we? No, I don't know what you do. I, you know, I can guess. I probably, you probably sit around and make novelty songs like I do. That's what I do. And, um, I've been doing that. You know, and this is a problem, too. I think I did something I did at nine. I received praise for from a, just probably casually. 
You know, I think about that. My, my grandparents going, oh, that's nice. And I go, that's, they said it was nice. I'm going to do this forever. Sometimes that happens. And, you know, you think, well, why am I doing this again? Because your, your grandfather touched you on the shoulder for the first time ever and said, good job or something. That's why you're still in youth baseball <laughs> to this day. All right, well, I couldn't. And there goes all the other things I wanted to do. Like, I, you know what was ruined for me is ditch digging, which I love and derive pure pleasure from. And my grandfather, well, what do you want to do, dig ditches? Oh, no, I guess that's off the, you know, list. Because he's saying it in a derisive way. You know, I kind of do want to dig ditches. But I guess not. I guess not. Or something like that. A um, lot of things you think, well, why wasn't that? That wasn't seen as an honorable profession or whatever. And I came from that. And I don't blame, I, I like to always look around the room, always be the dumbest, is what my, my grandfather said to me. He said, if you look around the room and you're not the dumbest person, you're not achieving, you're not striving. I, go, well, there's a, I said, there's so many ways to game that, though, Grandpa. I could be the, you know what I mean? I could be willfully ignorant. So I could be around people that aren't, intellectuals but then i'll just like i'll be even i'll strive to be dumber now i guess what he meant was well first of all he didn't say that nobody would say that uh but let's say he did just for uh the sake of non-argument don't argue i don't want to argue i'm not even going to go on with it because i'm worried now well now I, my point of view is different i always think that with that's why i went into entertainment and everything so that to short circuit that because that's the one thing about a wonderful thing about a stage. So even if you were on a stage and you said that to the audience, they know not to answer. So if you're in a play, you know, I often ask, you know, is that true or not? Low, like I guess Shakespeare is to to be or not to be, not to be. They know not to yell back, or they shouldn't. So uh, I guess that's why I'm in, you know, like a painting in a gallery. You know, you walk up to. Uh, walk up to a Rauschenberg and, and you know, I'll look at it and I'll nod my head and I'll go, I've got to disagree. And, the, you know, he doesn't care. And the painting doesn't care. Sometimes I'd like to just take things in. I don't have to argue with them or evaluate them. And I try to give you something like that and I go, gosh, this is something that you don't even have to critique, like a plastic spoon. Well, this isn't one of the better, throw it away. Not important. I've seen better old, crusty old leaves. Fine. That's good. So uh, that's my approach to things, is that you don't have to, because it's a burden on you. And this did happen to me one time. I made some music and re recording. And I was excited. I go, Would you like to, you know, and I played it for some friends and acquaintances. And one of the acquaintances I said, oh, I, maybe I said, what did you think? Which I don't think I've said since. And nobody should ever say, don't ever get off stage or say, you know, what'd you think? Because <laughs> you, put, you put the person on the spot. And um, I become instant friends with anybody who goes, well, it's not my cuppa. But usually people will lie to you because they're beautiful souls. Uh, but this person said, well, I really don't know that much about music. And it was just kind of like, man, if you could have just said, fine that's fine i expected you to lie everybody so you're you know you're still you're not lying but you're also not telling the truth you're doing this weird thing you're not you're lying but in the wrong way you're evading that's it you know so uh i guess that's what i'm saying about art is what 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 there is a problem though and it's in the i read it in the short story the tiger poet. And that is that sometimes if you're, you know, if you treat the things you make uh, too preciously and don't ever want them evaluated, you're going to get bitter later when you think you're good, but you're, you're not because you haven't, you know, had people um, pee on your dreams, which is important. And uh, I don't know, you just got to sometimes, you know, crafts take teachers sometimes you got to have lessons i don't want lessons i don't need to people do that with art all the time i don't want lessons but sometimes you need them you know to get uh, and you have, it's humbling 
So you have to put yourself in the in that in that position, but it's worth it because then you won't be bitter later. That's a good thing. What is is, but then on the other hand, there's always a hand if you're a religious painting. And uh, there's always another one. Here comes another one. It's just coming out of our sides, and that is that. Uh, oh, you're beautiful. <laughs> I'm I'm hearing you now. What is that? I'll play another thing. Okay, I'll get back to what I was saying as soon as I listened to what it was. But uh, no, I know exactly. I know what I say. It's very, very calculated. I think about it first. And then not very long. But nothing. Listen, here's the power of the brain. When you're dreaming, how long do you think those little scenarios are? Because when, when we're at work, I remember when I was working in an office, people love to tell you their dreams. And they take a very long time to tell. And I know it didn't take that long to dream. You go, then I was staying in, in a hotel, and I think it was Baltimore that time. Blah, 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 blah. But it happens. When it happens, it's two seconds. Boop, boop, you know, and that whole thing goes by. So it's all relative. And your brain's able to process things really quickly. Why is that? Because it disregards so much truth. That's wonderful. When you don't have to pay attention, you know, got it, figured it out, your brain is very arrogant. And so that's what you, the dreams are. You go, got it, I know where I am. And you just have so little information because you're so easily tricked and fooled. So that's what it's wonderful. That's a reality. It doesn't take much to think something is real for us. You go, I guess so. I can't remember what I had to eat a couple days ago or what I thought. Or I look at pictures and I go, is that really me? <laughs> so I'm not a, you know, I, it's strange how confident others are about the, you know, the realness of their experience or something. Because mine really feels unreal. And uh, when I lose friends, uh, you know, when somebody I know is, uh, dies, it just is not providing any kind of new input and it's just memories it all seems very dreamlike to me and I guess that's uh I don't know it's wonderful and horrible and scary and everything at once isn't that lovely well yes and no <laughs> I but I don't want always want everything at once it's a terrible salad recipe what's in your salad everything I'm making everything soup some kind of variation on a children's story and then we made, we just kept putting things in, and then it became too much, and then we put the whole village in the soup, or something like that. And you go, you learned your lesson, stop at carrots, or something like that. So you can go too far. Well, I don't know if you can. You can go too far. We've had everybody, every dorm room has one. Say, oh, I, all right, man, I thought that's a little much. We were all free thinkers, but woo-woo. That's what I say. needy like some need more and more and more we're not rich but we're not greedy we don't even lock our doors you can't lose blood if you're not bleeding leave war for what it's for i think we're rich in love and dignity i think we're rich in love and dignity enough but you can't see it what we have here has no price how much is love worth if you lose it you don't get to do this twice you ain't got gold but gold is dead gold is dead and cold i think we're rich in love and dignity Taxes, wealthy merchant or a lawyer. 
we may be poor, but we're not needy. Like some need more and more and more. We're not rich, but we're not greedy. We don't even lock our doors. You can't lose blood if you're not bleeding. More for what it's for. I think we're rich in love and, and dignity. I think we're rich in love and dignity. I wish that you have enough, but you can't see it. What we have here has no price. How much is love worth if you lose it? You don't get to do this twice. You ain't got gold, but gold is dead. Gold is dead and cold. I think we're rich in love and dignity. us human? Why are we like we are? Sapopo Ragaj wondered the same thing when she painted at the very top of this cathedral her masterwork. What's all this? You can barely see it. It's way up there in the far corner. So why did she do this? Why would you paint your masterwork in a place where no one can really see it? Because she wanted to hide the answer from the world. <laughs> Man, this is a great party. It's okay. I like to listen to folks talk. It's not really eavesdropping, more like poetry collecting. Hey, someone said time machine. Listen, 
Come in and sit down and I'll get you some tea. Oh, I'm fine. It's not optional. Sit there until your tea arrives. Okay. I don't just go handing out answers without tea. That's weird. All right. Watching the ocean, Hans? Yes. If I take my eyes off of it, it will disappear. Are you sure? Essay est pacipi. To be is to be perceived. Not sure that's exactly what it means. Bishop Barclay has made me paranoid that the entire universe rests on me seeing it all. But there's no way I can see it all. Even by being here looking at the sea, I have caused the forests and rivers and deserts to disappear. Well, maybe you've also caused suffering to disappear. No, suffering doesn't need to be perceived. It endures regardless. Look at today's paper. What, something happened? Just look at it. Can't you just tell me what's the news? I didn't say there was news. So what is it you want me to look at? The paper. What article in the paper specifically? All of them, but not just. I mean, look at the paper. Look at it, everything. The newspaper. Where the newspaper ends, its shape, its mass. Looks like all other newspapers. Right? Except every newspaper each day is different. But at first glance, it's just a newspaper. And we call it that even when the stuff in it isn't news anymore. Now look at the date. It's from 20 years ago. I know. I have been sitting here at the breakfast table reading the same paper for years, and I still can't figure out the information in it. Yet people read a new one each day without ever understanding the things completely. Well, the good news is there are hardly any papers anymore, so maybe now people will have a chance to catch up. Anyway, after a particularly terrible experience in New York in dealing with a department store, I wrote this particular piece of material. While the bit is rather extended, a little elaborate, I think you'll get the point I'm trying to make of the difficulty you may encounter in phoning a department store. Uh, yes, uh, my name is, uh, Hardy White, and, uh, yes, and I can't phone a department store because there aren't a lot left, and I would like to phone one in the past. There is one, uh, in South Florida, Jackson Byron's. I'm going to phone them and just see what the, what it's like back then. Because, you know, I've moved on from the 70s, but I wonder if there's still stuff going on. I mean, can you imagine? Well, yes, it's all fixed in time. Is it? If some of it was unperceived, I wonder if it's still up for grabs. Well, no one was there to witness the thing, so you wonder what happened. I know. You go back and do that thing. I wonder if it works like that. That's how time machines will be allowed. Say, well, there's all this unperceived time or unused time. It's like unused hours for your cell phone. If you want to go back and do that, you know, and then it won't have any effect on the future. The future is built on the past that we remember or something. I mean, internally it is. I guess the, the actual physical world is built on all sorts of things we can't even perceive. Can you imagine? I'm, if my brain was the size of the universe. I guess it, well, maybe I'm in it. So there is naught but God. I know Butcher Spinoza was just here and he's going like, you know, he said that to me. He said, uh, there's naught but God, move on. And he was right. You know, if there's, if you do come to some sort of epiphany, say, we're all, all biological life is just one life. And then I'm part of that. And then my consciousness is just some weird evolutionary thing that, you know, I perceive myself as being an individual, but clearly I'm part of this bigger thing, and you know, I'm driven like a leaf. And, you know, once you realize that, you know, your alarm, your alarm clock may go off, and you go, okay, I got to go to Albertsons and make the donuts. I don't make them. I just un, I unfreeze them, and then we refry them in the French fry grease or something like that. I don't know what, they, what you do at work, but that's the thing. Uh, philosophy may not work there. I was thinking, well, but I was just, I read so many inspirational books last night. Sure, and I felt enlightened.
And I was like, yes, I understand now. Everything is one, except I've got my problems still number in the hundreds. So that's an interesting thing. So we still have to get up in the morning, cope and everything. You can't tell the enlightened from the unenlightened. I will, I will say that anything that aids you in being able to predict the future slightly will help you if you want to be moral. Because seeing consequences takes a little bit of figuring out, bringing you know, what could happen. And you really have to be sort of open to a lot of possibilities. You can't have preconceived ideas or you might miss something and allow some sort of harm to happen or do some harm. But if you can really prognosticate a little bit, you go, oh, I see now, you know, I should not release poison gas from my factory. I see now what will happen. That's if you care. If you don't care, I don't know what to tell you. Bless you. Oh, my goodness. Change your heart. Come over for dinner. I'll put something in your food that'll make you. Oh, now I see. It won't, though. Will it change your mind? How do you do that? How do you, how do you change minds? Well, I don't know how to do that, so I'm going to tell you how to change an air filter in a old Chevy Nova. Just undo the wing nut, take the thing off, put a new one in. Take the old one out. Dang it! Put the new one in. It looks the same. It's just clean. So I don't know what we were talking about. Maybe we're changing people's minds or hearts or something like that. But listen, they tell you to change your air filter and your air conditioning pretty regularly. And I have very, I have a lot of difficulty accessing mine because I have, it's in the back of a closet, which seems very like hide the hide the vulnerable neighbors or yourself kind of situation, but that's where it is. And I, but I've loaded up the closet with things. So to do it, I'd have to pull out all this stuff out of my comically full closet, the kind that you open up and it comes tumbling out at you. And uh, the, the, the day Lou came by, I said, I see you, uh, you got the accordion out. And I go, the accordion got itself out because I needed the warming tray for Thanksgiving. Uh, and the fil- and it's a little crawl space. And then you go into the house. And then you the filter's easily accessible if you're Scotty from Star Trek. So it's like doing that. You gotta crawl backwards in the in the Jeffrey's tube to change the filter. And so what I do is don't change it and now I'm allergic to the house because it's just filth, air filth. And I just have to go outside and gasp. And I don't mind. Living like it's nice living in an old house. It's worth it. The carpet is the carpet itself is just in the basement is is like a filter. Like it just has so many memories, but in the form of dead bugs and dust and hair and skin, human skin. A whole uh, beach. It's like a is this sand? No, it's all skin, human skin, sloughed off, and it looks like it's a sandy beach. And we're living on that. Isn't that beautiful? It is. Oh, life is strange. At all sorts of, uh, not only do I have a time machine, but I have a shrinky-dink machine. I don't. This is just from my science lectures that I give to kids, which I don't do that either. But we get in my, imagine, let's pretend, so that's like magic school bus. It's shrinky-dink machine. And it's different. It's not a school bus that's absurd. I'm sorry. We have money. If we have money, this is what I'm just saying. As a society, if we have money to have shrink-down technology, we're not going to recycle a school bus. We're going to make some sort of vessel that's original. Just like when, the, when these billionaires say, I'm going to make a rocket ship to the moon. They make it like, and I'll make it look like my, my thing. Okay, that's fine. Be whatever shape you want it to be. And... Uh, but what I'm saying is that my shrinkadink vessel doesn't look like a school bus. It looks like a, a vanigan. And I know that's weird, but like customized. Cool one, though. A cool one. You go in and we shrink down to very small levels so that water bears are a real, tardigrades are a real menace. So what's this thing? What is that giant thing that looks like it's made of naugahyde? I know, right? And you don't see, and everything is more colorful down there than they let on. There's pictures that goes, everything looks kind of brown and gray. No, that's the, that's the microscopy. That's how primitive microscopy is. But once you get down there, oh, all these 
these things? No, I don't know. I don't know. Again, that's the problem with lying. You just got to fill in so much. Making any story, you just got to tell a story. You're asking me to lie. Kind of just like give you random observations or something. We'll assemble the story collectively over the next million years, let's say. And then we still won't have it quite right. But I don't want to do it myself. Do it. Once upon a time, there was a king in a castle. What was his name? Oh, I don't know. Kids do that. They make you lie to me. They force you. I won't go to sleep. I'll stay up all night screaming like I'm having drug withdrawals if you don't tell me lies. And so you sit down and you go, okay, once upon a time, there's a king in a castle. His name. Gombernan. 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 Gombernan what? Hmm. Well, I'm going to make it simple because I'm going to have trouble remembering Gombernan. So, Gombernan the first? How would he know he's the first? I don't know, man. Gombernan the second? Why are you making me do this? What did he do? Uh, come up with conflict. I was watching... I, was, I sort of want to be an actor, as you can tell, because I'm a very dramatic person. And uh, so I was looking online, and I thought, I would, I'll Nina, uh, Nina Fosh videos of her teaching acting to people. And her method is very straightforward, and that is to belittle people into being better actors and everything. What's the, what's the plot? <laughs> I don't know. She's, I won't go into acting. I was doing a little research enough that it's like, no. I even called a friend who's an actor. I said, tell me all about acting. And they, they, they know there's something wrong with me. So they sit there and they patiently tell them. I do this with scientists too. I go, you tell me all about science. And they kind of know what I'm asking. You know. And it's just, they, and they see themselves as ambassadors to the dumb, which is me. And they go, okay, I will explain to you now. It's not that I'm not capable of understanding. It's that I'm not capable of understanding over time. Just like I get little flashes. So I roll with it. So these, uh, you know, I, I think, can I learn Can I learn to act? Oh, oh Nina, by having you uh, scream for me to come up with things. I think so. I think that's fine. I like. I work fairly well under pressure, and uh, certainly if you if you want like there's a scene where I have to cry or be reduced to tears, you're inspiring me, is what I tell teachers. Uh, if this is acting and I'm required to feel crushed and discouraged, man, I feel like I hope I'm. Everybody is seeing it because I'm feeling it. I'm methoding all over your. I'm methoding so hard. I'm going to have to go to see someone. I hope that you're... Are you still with me, friends? Oh, my goodness. Oh, your patience is going to be returned. I swear. I will wash it first and fill its tank. But I will, I will return your patience. Because that's what this is, really. So I'm an audience for Hardy's putting on this show and all this. No, no, no. Um, you're doing me a favor, I think. Because otherwise I would just be sitting here. If there's nobody to hear me, what's the... You know, that's really bizarre. It's the... We're completing something. We're playing a sort of uh, tennis or something, you know? Well, that's a back and forth. Hmm. Mm -hmm. It's a ghost tennis or something. I'm thinking now, what... How is it? One of us is a ghost. So you... you um, I don't know. I don't know who's hitting the real ball and who's hitting the ghost ball. But that's how that goes. There was. There's been shows like that. You know, does nobody see me? Am I dead? That's. It was a kind of a nightmare as a kid. You know, can't you see? Um, Casper's a scary one. You know, because they they can see it, but they're terrified. You know, I don't know which is worse, being the kind of ghost that you can see or the kind of ghost that you can't see. And then the people that wouldn't be terrified of you. Or you're a ghost, and then they, you're seen by some, like, ghost hunters. And you don't know, like, ghost hunters? That's, like, what's their intention? 
You know, hey, I'm a whale. I heard you guys are whale hunters. You, know, you don't want to hear that. You know, so ghost, ghost fanciers also sounds like I'm not going to subject myself to that. I'm not giving you a, a EVP. Is that what it is? AV, what is the um, extra, uh, unexplained voice phenomena? Extra voice phenomena? Electronic voice phenomena, something like that. Uh, a friend just got a, a friend who's interested in ghosts, uh, a, uh, one of those for Christmas. I hope they don't listen. I just wrecked it so they could ha- listen, monitor for ghosts. And I think that's interesting. I'm doing it right now. You can hear. I'm not mocking it at all. I'm just helping it along. That's all. Uh, maybe I'll be a ghost someday. I'll come back. Um, you know who I see all the time? Houdini. And uh, I'm trying to tell people. I go, it, it was just he got the time wrong. You know, because he's like, he was a great debunker of spiritualism and everything. And he says, I'll come back. That's, that'll be the thing. I'll give a code word. And um, the code word was um, butt key. That was a reference to where he kept the, uh, his uh, secret key to get the cufflinks off. Cufflinks. <laughs> That's not much of a trick. Uh, uh, handcuffs. I got my cufflinks off. I'm drunk and I got my cufflinks off. That's my Houdini trick. Put a bag over my head and I can still do it. That's pretty good. But, uh, yeah, so he's been coming back, been seeing Houdini quite a bit. And a lot of other uh, magicians. I see some living magicians' ghosts, too. Or sometimes I'll see their ghosts and I'll go, oh, man, I didn't know he'd passed. And then you realize. So uh, I don't know about that. I've had some friends that had been dead for months before I found out because we didn't have any mutuals. Did you ever have somebody like that? You go, well, we don't have any. They wouldn't know to call me. So I had a friend that was gone for quite a while before anybody, you know, before I found out. And uh, so I didn't feel it. You know, I wish I could. I mean, oh, there, and you know, hey, just drop it by to say something crazy happened. Oh, hey, man, I was just thinking of you. Yeah, well, there's a reason. I passed. So I don't know. That's never. But I, oh, you know, if it can happen in my dreams in my mind, I wonder, like, what's the reality of it if I've experienced it? So I always think, yeah, experience, I will try to make experiences better by cutting out extra sugar or something. I'm taking more, I'm trying to take more care of myself. Now, to eliminate anything, you know, uh, you know, pain changes life. I know that. That's why I'm so I'm patient and, and uh, understanding and acknowledging of it. Because I know a lot of you listening, you say, well, nothing you say is going to matter because I'm in chronic pain. And you're right. There's, or, you know, or uh, emotional, deep emotional distress and pain. There's no thinking your way out of it, you know. That's why uh, I sit down with you and say, hey, you ever, what? Art toilets, funny shapes, or something. I know what to do. I know that I'm not here. You don't want to hear, uh, you know, my poorly informed <clears throat> answer to your problem that I don't understand. You don't want to hear my cobbled together philosophy. You don't want to hear my uh, the result of my limited thinking or my. I'm not finished. I'm not finished coming up with anything. I really have not. I'm not sure about anything enough to tell people I don't think unless you ask me directly I could do that you know who is your Thanksgiving dinner that's pretty straightforward I can answer that but a lot of other things you know do you have any advice about I go whoa I know I don't you know I can uh, give you an experience but I really don't know why something worked for me for instance you know it's like you know what fixed the toilet what my mom calling, like, uh, so I, a lot of my thing, I cannot distinguish between causation and correlation in my life a lot of times. And so I don't know what causes what. And I had a friend said, uh, nothing causes anything. If it ca-. I don't know. I'm not going to make stuff up. I don't have friends. No, I do. I'm kidding you. But we don't have conversations like that, maybe. Or yes, we do. Sometimes we do. It often is like planning things, though, when I'm with friends. You know, 
us, being optimistic together. And uh, I like that. I like meals, planning meals. I like just getting to the next meal is a wonderful thing. I do have long-term plans, but I forget to make them. I know I'm, I know they're there. It's like that novel you want to write. I'm going to get around to it. But I also realize that, that you can run out the clock. And I've seen, you know, oh my, my family, we've mainly done that. You just, it just uh, you vamp until you're gone. You know, you don't have to do anything, really. You can just run the clock out, which is like, and stall, stalling is wonderful. I have never, never hire me. I'll tell you right that because I respect you. But if you were to hire me for an office job, all I do is talk. I just walk around, talk to people. I'm useless, not very productive because I'm usually not like 100% on board with what we're doing. I'm going to be honest with you. If we were making a, something, I don't know, making a, a weird movie about the life of Alfred Jerry or something, I would be like super into it and working hard and going, why are you guys quitting for, you know, it's only midnight. But uh, most of the office things, I'm just chatting. And I would go, I don't even smoke, and I go every 15 minutes, I go outside with the smokers, and I go, yep, yep, like that, just because, just to, just to goof off. I got really, I guess it was the 90s, I got really good at Sim City, And by really good, I just meant, you know, my city got pretty successful, and it turned into a spaceship and flew away, okay? I'm not bragging or anything. I mean, I don't, to this day, I'm not exactly sure what we were doing as an office, I just remember, I knew my little, you know, it wasn't top secret. I just didn't have a curiosity about it. They would just say, is this, is this paragraph grammatically correct? Yeah. Right? Yes. You know, consider, I would go, yeah, consider the audience. Because it was like, I think it was things being written for uh, the legislature. And so I'd go, they don't know. They don't care. Nobody cares. That's another thing I was trying to tell I was sort of a, I was a liaison between uh, caring academics and the cynical. And I would just go, no, it's fine. Like that. Nobody, you're making, you know, this isn't, this is a different world. You know, this is a thing that's going to be thrown away, uh, not really read. So I don't know what to tell you. You know, whether so, you know, do you use that or which? Really, literally, just pick one. Because the person reading it, is they've got an agenda and you're, you're giving them information. You think it's going to be read and used in good faith. It's not. It's just going to be thrown to the side. So my whole job, which I tell you every day, that's why I don't feel guilty, is unnecessary. You know enough, of, you have enough mastery of the English language that you do not need to run it by me to say, oh, it is written. Nobody cares. If it was something else, if it was for a publication or all that kind of thing, then I still wouldn't be the right person because now I'm underqualified. Do you see what I'm saying? So bless you all. I feel like my job here is to, so you'll have somebody to talk about. You know? So, oh, I wish that guy would shut up. We can't do our jobs that we don't like. I feel like I'm saving people, you know, but I don't think. I would be like a real... I would, I would, I like the disruptive kind of, I always like, some people are bothered by Cat in the Hat, but I love Cat in the Hat. I love that, he's just chaotically wonderful. It's kind of like you've got, you've got to understand, you know, just the lack of control that you have in, in, the, in the world, especially if you really open your mind to possibilities. You go, oh no, there's no way I am keeping this house clean. Listen, we'll clean it later. You've got to chill. So, and I think that's what's, uh, isn't that the lesson? I don't know. Uh, but I've always liked those chaotic forces in children's uh, fiction. You know, who is this? Oh, because it does put things in perspective because your parents would be like, the most sacred thing in the house is, that, is the couch in the living room. It cannot be touched. It, was the, it is made from the hem of Christ. And we go, we cannot go in there. We are, we are, uh, it's covered with plastic. You're not to get near it. You're not to think when you when you were near the living room couch. You are not to think unclean thoughts. Because because the, the Scotch guard is not even, it's not good enough to guard against 
bad intentions like that. The, so, you know, those are put as values into us, and we need some figure to come into our house and jump on the couch and go, it's just a couch, and you're making too much of it. And, uh, you know, there's a happy medium. You know, you can have respect for the couch and still get Cheerios on it. I think people have children understand that. They go, I guess there's Cheerios on my great-grandmother's divan now. Yes, you know, people have been here. So sorry. I always think that, you know, like if you got a big gold cloth wingback chair with a urine stain on it, you go, that's, I don't want it in my house, but I get it. You know, I get that that's, that's part of it. It's not tragic. It's just, uh, it's, you know, Meemaw's last sit, her last stand, her sitting stand. Oh, I got, my uncle went out on a chaise. He bought a dying chaise. He knew he was dying. So he bought one of those kind of lounge chairs that you sit out back in. And then he, he that's where it, he died. You know, we, my people, we know ourselves. And that was great. That was a good thing. And uh, he didn't charge it. He paid for it. He paid cash. Pay cash for your dying chaise. Oh, but right now we're alive. The whole time you're alive, you're alive. You're never not alive. You're alive. You're alive. You're hearing this. You're alive. Alive. Right now. What about tomorrow? There's no tomorrow. What about yesterday? I don't know. Yesterday's gone. Can't go back to it. Tomorrow, can't go to it yet. You're always just stuck right here with me. Oh, I'm stuck with you, Hardy. I don't mind. Who says that? Hardy. That's what I say. Say that to yourself. Be able to say that to yourself. Say, listener. Say this with me right now. Listener. Listener. Because that's what you are, just in general. You're an experiencer. Does your speech change the world? Yes and no. But you can listen. So say to yourself, listener. Listener. I like, I like you. I like you. I like you just fine. I like you just fine. You're the, actually the only person I know. You're the only actual person I know. I'm fooling myself about knowing others, really. So you're, you you got to be fine. Okay. So I don't mind that. Oh, if there is just me. That's the one thing that helps me. If, it is a, if there is something transformative about believing that you're all sort of one, it's that uh, one's pretty lovable. If you're, you know, it, it, that's, that's great. No, that's liberating for me in a way because I, I can't be wrong if I'm in there too, you know? And Hardy, I'm here. And so, you know, and the universe is clearly for me because we're all, all one. So even though I might be living somebody else's story and it doesn't feel like a good fit and everything like that, ultimately, yeah, man, we, 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 we joke about the people who wrote the story when we're back here in the green room with one another getting changed in our costumes. We love each other, the cast. We don't care. I embrace you. I know we are actors. I feel it, feel it. I, I send out good vibes and love to you. Oh, I know that sounds corny and everything. Who cares? Corn it might not be the best food, but it fills you up and you need it. You need it. You need my corny love and my acceptance. And you need somebody, even if I'm wrong, it's good to hear somebody say you're all right. You're listening to uh, Miracle Nutrition with Hardy White on WFMU, East Orange, WMFU, Mount Hope, 91 in... 91.9 in Rockland County in New York City, New York, and online at WFMU.org worldwide. Thank you so much for being with me, and I will see you again next week.
Ebony, twins' name was Ebony. Her name was Mahogany, 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 twins' name was Ebony.
Thank you.